0: Turn with me, if you will, uh, to the gospel according to Matthew, the 18th chapter, I'm going to be reading verses 21 through 35. Again, that is the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. And I would ask out of reverence for reading God's word. Uh, Once you have it, if you're physically able, please stand. Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Uh, There are many translations of God's word. Uh, Today I'm going to be reading the New International Version. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And let him go but when the servant went out he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins he grabbed him and began to choke him pay back what you owe me he demanded his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him be patient with me and i will pay it back but he refused instead went off until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, you may be seated. Pray with me, please. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, the God who has brought us thus far along the way. Come before you as humbly as we know how. Asking that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord God. Let this be a word for your people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about the message of the mayfly. The message of the mayfly. Um, as plain as I can put it, I don't like bugs. Of any kind. Not near one. I'm not one of those people when they find a bug in the house, they try to safely escort it back out into the wild. I don't, I don't do that. No matter what the bug is, they have, uh, no quarter in my presence. Uh, I remember preaching one time and a wasp found its way on, uh, the pulpit and I, I, I let it borrow a hymnal. I let it borrow a hymnal for a while. You know, may want to learn some songs. I I remember one time seeing a bug on the window. I think this one was a wasp too at a, at the parsonage, and I might have swung a little too hard when it landed on the window, and so the trustees needed to replace the window. I don't like bugs. Um, I'm I'm allergic to bees or uh, well, anything with a stinger. I I swell up. Horribly, if I get stung, um, so I'm always on edge about wasps, hornets, bees, uh, just in general anything with a stinger. But other bugs, you know, they don't get any uh, quarter from me either. Uh, I'm the one that if I see any kind of standing water sitting somewhere, I, I, I break it up. If water's in a bucket or something like that, I'm gonna pour it over because that's that's how mosquitoes, uh, you know, they get. They lay their eggs in standing water. I I don't like bugs. And I don't care for bugs, even though they don't live that long. Um, You know, mosquitoes, they say, can live depending on the species anywhere from two to three weeks to 100 days. House flies can live anywhere from 15 to 30 days. Um, but then you have the mayfly, right? The mayfly is an insect with, uh, you may have seen them around, but if you've seen them, you haven't seen them for long. Uh, they have a short lifespan, which is like one to two days. And, uh, you know, some people might say they're a big old five-dollar word called ephemeral, uh, meaning they are transitory. They they have brief lifespans. Um, the Greek philosopher Aristotle called it the ephemeron. Uh, but although they have short lives, mayflies have been around forever. Uh, The Washington Post Magazine reports that mayflies uh, are the oldest surviving winged insects on the planet. Um, Someone who studies these things from Harvard uh, discovered uh, a mayfly uh, in in a, not necessarily a fossil, but an impression of it uh, in, in, in their research from something over 300 million years old and it's weird because he found it actually uh in a rock on a uh in a strip mall behind Matt uh, a strip mall in Massachusetts so it wasn't even like a ancient ruin or whatever but they they found this thing and it was important but the location um was not uh the mayfly is a unique creature uh it's both temporary and ancient um, and they've been inspirations, uh, for generations of artists and poets. Uh, mayflies are even mentioned in one of the oldest writings, the Epic of Gilgamesh, a poem, uh, from Mesopotamia. That's one of the oldest pieces of literature in the world. They still were talking about mayflies back then. And, uh, so much so that there are paintings of mayflies, uh, in, uh, um, uh, the insect is sitting at the feet of a picture of the Virgin Mary. Uh, more recently, in a short comic play, an American playwright by the name of David Ives presented what two mayflies might discuss in their one day of existence together, and they call the play "Time Flies." The point is, mayflies have very short lifespans and we all have very short lifespans when you think about it. Um, Jesus ministry was only three years, but he changed things for thousands of years to come. Uh, So it's not always about the length of time, but rather what you do in that length of time um and so in jesus three short years of ministry uh with the disciples he is in the gospel according to matthew teaching about sin and forgiving sin and if you read on your own i read uh 21 uh, through 35 but if you look at 15 through 20 he talks about dealing with sin in the church and after Jesus finishes talking about dealing with sin in the church good old Peter asked Jesus a question well how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody uh, some translations say 77 times, some translations say 70 times seven. Uh, it's one of those things where some, some parts get locked in a uh, translation um, and don't always go. But the point is we need to be able to forgive people a lot. We need to be able to forgive people a lot. Nobody is perfect. Uh, and and even though we might be frustrated at having to forgive somebody a bunch of times i'm pretty sure there's somebody else frustrated at having to forgive you a bunch of times uh, and so jesus tells this parable of the unmerciful slave and and this parable only appears in the gospel according to matthew Um, You know, we have what they call the Synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark and Luke. Uh, And they're called the Synoptic Gospels uh, because we believe uh, that the people that wrote these three Gospels probably copied off of the same person for their tests. Uh, Matthew, uh, uh, Mark is actually the oldest one. And then Matthew and Luke sometimes copy off of Mark. Uh, but never contradict Mark. Um, And so this is the only one. And then John comes a little bit later, uh, probably about 10, 20 years later after uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, in the the timing. Uh, But this parable only appears in the gospel according to Matthew. And it talks about a king uh, forgiving the debt of a servant. And... We must understand that when a debt is forgiven, we need to act like that debt is forgiven. We need to live out uh, that forgiveness in ways that make it meaningful. And that was why one of the reasons this was a problem, the servant had his debt forgiven and then immediately forgot about it and went out and didn't wanna forgive somebody else's debt. But you gotta understand that forgiveness is an act that affects more than two individuals. Uh, When you read the text, it wasn't so much that these servants were going to get locked up to repay the debt. What happened It said their families were affected as well. Forgiveness is an act that affects more than two individuals. They say that's why uh, it's always best to keep your friends and family out of your relationship business. Check, check. Uh, because you two will have worked it out. But, but mama, daddy, sisters, and brothers will still be holding on to that art. Because they haven't gotten any kind of reconciliation. Forgiveness is an act that affects more than two individuals. Uh, You know, I think about it, too, as it affects more than uh, two individuals, because I look through Scripture, even when people were forgiven, uh, there were still some consequences. Right. Uh, Adam and Eve were not supposed to eat the fruit. But they did anyway. They were forgiven, but they were no longer allowed access into the Garden of Eden. And not only were they not allowed access into the Garden of Eden, but nobody else was allowed access into the Garden of Eden. Our actions have consequences. Um, Moses was forgiven when he messed up. But Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. He had to watch Joshua carry the people of God into the promised land. It affects more than just the individual there. There are consequences that are outreaching, right? Uh, uh, David was forgiven. Matter of fact, he wrote the psalm on forgiveness that we often quote, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. We talk about the Lord knowing someone's heart because God knew David's heart, right? But he was not allowed to build God's temple. His son Solomon had to do it. These consequences and repercussions, they affect more than other than the people involved, right? The people right there. And so this man had a debt of over 10,000 bags of gold. And he had that released. Now, why would Jesus say this man owed 10,000 bags of gold? Uh, That's a lot of money. And quite frankly, even back then, that was way more money than any one country could have 10,000 bags of gold. See, the average uh, annual tax income for all of Herod the Great's territories would have been 900 talents per year. Uh, 10,000 talents would have exceeded the income for all during that time, all of Syria, Phoenicia, Judea, and Samaria. The amount of They say when you want to look back to Bible times and try to figure out how much gold, 10,000 bags of gold would have been, it would have been beyond calculation. It's impossible to be able to pay off that kind of debt. But Jesus makes the point about something that big being forgiven in the text because our salvation is a debt we can't pay off ourselves. Just like this servant was forgiven of 10,000 bags of gold, our souls being forgiven of sin is a debt that we can't pay off by ourselves, but it was still forgiven. You see, human forgiveness has limits, but what God is able to do is so much more. Uh, The Bible says with men, some things are impossible, but with God, all things are impossible, are possible, rather. Uh, uh, forgiveness, he says, um, means to release, to let go of the other. Forgiveness is not denying our hurt. Um, because when we minimize what has happened to us, when we gloss over it and tell ourselves that it wasn't really that bad, we cannot really forgive. Forgive. We gotta be willing to forgive because our God, our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords forgave us of a debt that we could not repay. And forgiveness is at the heart of the Christian faith. Uh, Just like the mayfly, it supports life as we know it. it. Forgiveness makes life worth giving. But just like we do things to hurt one another, just like we do things to hurt our land, just like we do things to make different things and endangered species, we have to be able to turn it around. We have to make our environment more hospitable, whether it's temporary or long-term. We need to be able to create a hospitable environment for those who come and go. And for those who are here for a long time, and we do that by forgiving. Uh, the message of the mayfly is that whether it is one or two days or 60 or 70 years. The life is too short to hold on to unforgiveness. Uh I was, having a, I was reading rather um, uh, something from a therapist that talked about holding on to anger and unforgiveness. And they said uh, that when we are upset about something, we need to think about whether or not it's going to matter in 500 years. And if what we're upset about is not going to matter in 500 years, we probably don't need to be upset about it now. Life is too short to hold on to unforgiveness. Holding on to unforgiveness, uh, my, one of my former co-workers used to say, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. And my mama used to say all the time uh, that I can't live, let people live in my head without paying rent. You can be upset about something and they likely aren't even thinking about it. I've heard people say that 99% of the stuff that we worry about doesn't even happen. So we can't hold on to that because we're only hurting ourselves. We're losing sleep about it. We're not able to eat about it. This might be bringing us to tears. This might be affecting the way we do work. It's affecting all these things. And the person we mad at probably don't even know we mad at them or they know what they did but they didn't forgot about it so we are only hurting ourselves by holding on to it and so how do we preserve an environment that supports forgiveness because we got to get that payback right we got to teach them the lesson we got to be able to put them in a heaven or hell So they understand what it is that we did, that they did to us, so they can feel the way that we feel. But we can't hold on to it. And so for starters, if we want to create an environment that supports forgiveness, we got to keep Jesus at the center. Not only at the center of the church, but in our lives. Uh, We are challenged to keep our focus on the one who gave his life for us and forgave his tormentors in an act of love and spiritual strength. That means that Jesus should be at the center of what we think about and and, and our songs and our beliefs and our celebrations. And we maintain this focus because forgiveness is our greatest gift and virtue. Jesus should be at the center of everything we do. When we hear the phrase, Jesus is Lord, we kind of gloss over it. But uh, that was a scandalous statement when they first started saying it, because people weren't always saying Jesus is Lord before they started saying Jesus is Lord. They were saying Caesar is Lord. People were calling Caesar the son of God. There were choirs that would go around and sing praises to Caesar, whoever Caesar was as a part of the Roman Empire. And this group came around and decided we're not going to focus on Caesar anymore. We're going to focus on Jesus. So in order to to create an environment of forgiveness, Jesus has to be at the center of whatever we do. And not only does Jesus have to be at the center of whatever we do, we got to remember that we are at a, a part of a larger community. And we are a part of a larger community of believers and are called to love and serve others even during our pain. And as we extend grace to others, uh, reflect on the love of Christ in a world that desperately needs it. You see, forgiveness is not a free pass. We still operate wisely. We still... uh understand what's going on we just know that we don't have a heaven or a hell to put somebody else in we we let god sort that stuff out and that don't even mean that we have to keep being around the person we just renounce our desire for payback and so got to keep Jesus at the center and, and remember that we are a part of a larger community and then we make the decision to forgive others also because Jesus has forgiven us. Uh, I got some Bible for it, right? while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, in the Christian life, uh, the, the, the two things are always forgiven. The servant was supposed to forgive the other servant because the master had forgiven him. We are to forgive others because Jesus has forgiven us. And Jesus, earlier in the gospel, uh, according to Matthew, uh, teaches them the perfect prayer, right? He tells them the Lord's prayer and it says to forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. So we gotta be willing to let go of those things. Let go of the hurt. Let go of the unforgiveness because in the scheme of things, uh, while we may live 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, our lifespan in the time of eternity is as small to God as a mayfly is to us. We can't hold on to these arts. We are only hurting ourselves. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. God, we thank you. We honor you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for the word that went forth for those who heard it and those who will hear it later, that it'll be a good seed planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit do his holy work in your holy church for your holy kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor Jason Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.